0: Disclaimer. Hi, Club Kids. Our last episode's audio got desynced, and it was just unsalvageable. So we're gonna have to give this another go. We apologize for the delay. And welcome to the Magic Winx Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series Winx Club. I'm Brendan, and I'm Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today, we are, once again, watching Season 1, Episode 5, A Date with Disaster. All three versions agree on the title for this one. The Italian version of the episode aired February 6, 2004, and the 4Kids version aired July 17th of 2004. Now, I did put out another call for listener questions. I don't know if anyone answered, but I do know somebody answered the original. So right. let's get to her questions.
1: All right. So uh, Cassidy at Mad Labot Well, I'm sorry. Currently, Cat City, the witch is familiar because it's Halloween time. Woo 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 woo. Uh, asks, you can replace Kiko with any other cartoon animal companion, Salem, Pikachu, etc. Who would you pick and why?
0: Alright, so I'm changing my original answer was Salem because I thought Bloom could use the sass in her life, but I'm actually going to shake it up, and I'm going to replace Kiko with uh, Karaberos from Cardcaptor Sakura. Hmm. Because who doesn't want a tiny little familiar who speaks in an Osaka accent and just eats takoyaki
1: I mean that's basically me
0: (laughs) Gary the snail
1: (laughs) meow you're right Kiko (laughs) meow
0: don't wander too far Gary (laughs) god that first episode would have taken so much longer
1: four hours before the LARPing session was found Stella's just dead off to the side meow Meow. (laughs) what's that Kiko Wow. Hmm. I'm looking around at this pile of VHSs I'm surrounded by.
0: Disney Animal Sidekicks? <laughs> Can I say blue from Blue's Clues? I mean, the current seasons of the show are aired on Nick Jr., so. Okay, I guess that works. Honestly, I do love our original. Like we we love the idea of Bloom having Salem there just to provide peanut gallery commentary. Okay, so are we shall ready we get to- into the episode? Exactly what I was about to suggest. <laughs> so I really liked this episode right off the bat. Oh
1: map. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it started off fun. It ended. It
0: actually ends pretty well, <laughs> and it made me feel a genuine human emotion. <laughs> is that good or bad that's a good thing um the the problem with a lot of kid shows for me personally is the jokes are so predictable that i don't really end up laughing
1: at a lot of them it's like oh that's cute for a kid show
0: or it's like uh, a quote-unquote joke that they think is funny And that your, um, seven-year-old cousin is going to repeat incessantly because they think it's the funniest thing they've ever heard. Oh, God. But before we get to, uh, before we get to the actual joke that made me laugh, we have to start out in the kitchens of Althea, where everybody's on kitchen (laughs) duty. Well, everybody except Stella. She's absent.
1: They're just peeling away at those potatoes, which look suspiciously like eggs.
0: With paring knives and not vegetable peelers, because this is Italy, and I guess proper knife skills are part of the curriculum of Alfia.
1: You're born learning how to chop
0: stuff. And uh, Bloom complains about all this manual labor, because we could just do this magically, right?
1: Not realizing that food cooked by magic doesn't have the love and attention a good meal deserves.
0: Which is immediately brought to her attention by... The school chef Maestro Scolia, who bursts into the scene from the <laughs> swing doors,
1: and he's literally just like, "What do you mean? Food cooked by magic doesn't have the love and attention a good meal deserves?" Ah, uh?
0: it's the worst Italian accent, and I can't tell if it's worse in Four Kids or Cinealume. I
1: would have to hear them back to back. I don't want to. Is he gonna show up again this show? I believe he's an incidental character, yes. So, occasionally? Occasionally. Anytime
0: we have anything to do in the kitchen.
1: Also, what time is it? It is pitch
0: dark outside. Yeah, it's an ambiguous time of night. I think Italians eat dinner late. Weird. I think think Italy's one of those countries where you eat dinner at, like, eight.
1: Where they have, like, four meals? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, supper.
0: Yeah, I, I do think it's one of those. And uh, on the menu tonight, aside from these potatoes, which are presumably all going to be mashed anyway, leave the skins on, that's where all the nutrients are, uh, they've also <laughs> got omelets on the stove and a roast in the oven. And Scolia points out that they're letting these omelets burn. As a note, there's only six of them, and these aren't like the, the thick frittatas... That you slice up and serve and could feed, like, I don't know, eight people at a time? No, these look like just kind of your standard diner
1: omelets. It looks like I'm making breakfast before I go to work.
0: And so everybody goes to flip these omelets, uh, praying they aren't burned on the bottom. Flor and Tecna do it right. Yuza almost drops it, but she saves. And then... Bloom throws hers up in the air and it lands on the ceiling fan.
1: And Bloom's all like, I don't know how it happened. And I'm like, you threw that omelet like you were tossing your bouquet at a wedding. So You chuck that thing.
0: So Flora goes to turn the fan off, but in a classic comedy bit, she accidentally puts it in maximum overdrive.
1: <laughs> oh, God!
0: So, Scolia- And how it
1: has not flung off and hit the wall is for a comedy beat soon.
0: Scolia yells so hard, he goes into vibrato.
1: Oh, God. And
0: Flora finally realizes, oh, I should flick this the other way. Immediately does, forgetting that inertia is a property of matter. And the omelet flies off the fan and right onto Scolia's face.
1: And he should be getting burned right now. That is- well, it's half-cooked
0: egg, presumably. So maybe not Grants. burned, but it should still be pretty hot. And Scolia uh, start, uh, says, you know what, I'm just going to talk to Headmistress Farragonda about getting you exempt from kitchen duties because all you've done is cause trouble. And presumably he's talking directly to Bloom when he says this since we didn't see anybody else really goofing up in a major way.
1: Okay, uh, can I switch over to four kids for a hot second? Yeah,
0: because the four kids version of this scene sets up a really unnecessary plot point.
1: Alright, so um, immediately they're not on kitchen duty. They obtained, or stole, 1,000 potatoes for a spell for good decisions. What are the potatoes used for? Or does someone have to eat all the potatoes? I don't know and the spell was from vanity fairy.
0: If you put excess salt in your success potion, drop a potato in. It'll soak up the salt and makes a wonderful treat for the cook before the meal is ready.
1: <laughs> May I offer you a baked potato in this trying time? And the spell also requires one baked flipweed and a magic backflip. There's a nice little bit of editing here um instead of the girls tossing it up and catching like techno tosses it and catches it. It goes Technatos, Floratos, Muses, Toss, Bloom, Toss, and then Techna Catch, flora Like I like that. It was cute.
0: Okay, I, I I get it. Making you kind of wait to see the results of everybody. The omelets are now purely incidental too. They were just hungry and wanted a snack. Because <sighs> when I want a snack, I think of an egg
1: dish. <laughs> I think of a hand of goldfish. Um. I think of an so... egg dish that's
0: easily burned.
1: <laughs> um, when Blooms inevitably gets caught on the uh disgusting uh ceiling fan of a kitchen and <laughs> Flora forgets how light switches work, uh Musa decides to rap to try and get it down. I don't.
0: Musa wraps like the pumpkin wrapper.
1: Um, I wrote it down. Please don't.
0: Okay, give us the I first would've... bar.
1: There's only one bar. <laughs>
0: All right, give us the bar.
1: <laughs> Go, little omelette, spinning like a DJ, like it's your birthday, like you've got your biggest fan, gonna serve you up with ham, gonna- And then she's cut off by Le Chef, saying that in the kitchen, opera is the music of choice and rap is for leftovers.
0: Nothing like the classical music elitism to start your day. Huh, girls? I mean,
1: he is Italian.
0: Well, end your day. Presumably, it's still <laughs> nighttime. I didn't catch the establishing shot. They might have just reused one of the daytime ones. <laughs> uh, Four kids All right. likes to.
1: Oh, um, after uh, Chef Boyardee is yelling about <laughs> um the getting uh, Bloom exempt from kitchen duty in um Sinloom in Four Kids, he's going to talk with the headmistress to get them put on kitchen duty
0: as punishment for requisitioning the kitchen. Okay, so after after the maestro storms out to talk to Miss Farragonda uh, about Stella, getting
1: Bloom off kitchen duty or on kitchen duty we're not sure which Stella bursts into the kitchen with news uh, She
0: <laughs> Good news, everyone! Uh, in the Sinaloon dub, she did not have kitchen duty In the Four Kids dub, she is just fashionably late And she says that she got an invitation from Prince Skye to go with him to the not at all ominously named Black Lagoon, where she presumably will relive the shape of water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, which part is she?
0: Obviously, she's the experiment. (laughs) And she asks for the girls to help her pick out an outfit. And uh, they forget that they were in the middle of preparing dinner for... I don't know how big the school is, but let's generously say a thousand.
1: So, okay.
0: So they leave. Just oven <laughs> on, stove on, everything on. School's gonna burn down. Well, okay, no, it's plastic. It'll all melt. Oh. We go to Stella's room in the girls' dorm, and specifically her gigantic clock claw- well was it a closet or was it just, like, a clothes rack at the corner of the room? Because she's got, like, an open floor plan going on.
1: Um, I, I I, wouldn't be surprised if it was both. I think
0: later seasons establish it's a walk-in closet, so let's just say it is for now.
1: She has a Nordstrom rack in her room.
0: <laughs> Basically. So, Flora picks out a Morticia Adams dress, and Stella says it's more funeral than fun.
1: Why did she bring a morning gown to school? In the Four
0: Kids dub, Flora asks to borrow it because she doesn't have a lot of black in her wardrobe. After Flora puts the Morticia dress back, Tecna pulls something off the rack that looks (laughs) like... It looks like the token ugly dress in every grandma's closet. It is pink with a navy blue rough collar and wrist ruffs, and
1: triangular
0: polka dots.
1: It looks like something that your grandma has in the closet. She says it was fashionable at the time, but you highly doubt that.
0: So Tecna's like, how could you have bought something like this? In fact, where do they even sell this? And Stella says, oh, no, I didn't buy it. I made it. (laughs) This does set up Stella having an interest in creating fashion but also establishes that she's actually not that good at it yet, which is actually kind of nice. Yeah. Because most, most series- Later on, she becomes better. Most series would just have her walk in as like, oh yeah, I'm a runway grade fashion designer, but I go to school just to learn other things. <laughs> Bloom reaches into the clothes rack, and with her main character powers that she exhibited last episode, she pulls out a blue dress that Stella thinks is absolutely perfect. Uh, Probably because it looks like a doll fashion you could buy for three euros at your local department store.
1: And it comes in different colors for all the other girls. So there's an animation error with this dress. Is there?
0: Yes. When Bloom pulls it off the rack, it doesn't have sleeves. When Stella puts it on, it does have sleeves. And then there's another shot where it doesn't have sleeves again. So I don't know if it's like a shrug or a long sleeve top that she put on underneath the dress or if it's just a coloring error because they are form-fitting sleeves and she does put on like a bracelet so maybe they forgot to color her arms the right color and they just said flesh tone
1: (laughs) at one point Bloom asks if Brandon's gonna be there and it's like why would you think he's gonna be there? Stella points out it'd
0: be kind of silly for Skye to bring a servant on a date, and Bloom gets all sorts of offended that Stella calls a spade a spade.
1: Brandon is not a servant. He's Prince Skye's official squire.
0: And a squire is a knight's personal assistant, Bloom.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, S- Stella, even though she knows she's right, says, Sorry, Bloom, I was just joking.
0: And in the 4Kids version, she gives a non-apology, which is topics.
1: (laughs) Asking uh, Musa to bring over her uh, jewelry box, which is her pirate chest of gold.
0: I like that it's consistent that she just has a pirate treasure chest she keeps all her jewelry in. (laughs) And according to Musa, it weighs like 10 pounds. (laughs) Which, if it's real gold, entirely possible. And I'm 99% sure it's all real gold.
1: You're 99% sure. It's 99% gold. Stella so doesn't wear silver.
0: It washes out her complexion.
1: And what, she would not be caught dead with costume jewelry.
0: Which is really funny costs- you say that because she pulls a pair of bangles out of her jewelry box that look like they're made out of plastic and she got them at Claire's.
1: <sighs> you co- they come with the dress <laughs> for
0: three euro. So she pulls out the ring of Solaria She puts it on, looks at it, and once again makes a judgment that it doesn't go with the dress, even though it's the same shade of blue as her sleeves. Uh,
1: This blue ring doesn't really go with this blue dress. Hey, Bloom.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she asks Bloom to keep an eye on it and that she won't need it because she's going to be with a real life prince. And Techna says that the date seems fishy and specifically uses the turn of phrase, I smell a rat just so music can agree that she does smell something popping into frame with a weird animation that makes her look like a rat.
1: <laughs> she looks like a
0: I smell something too. She looks like a what gopher. The- <laughs> and uh, it's the roast for dinner because they left it in the oven with the oven on. So everybody starts screaming and running to the kitchen, and Flora pauses to grab the fire extinguisher.
1: And just like that, the entire school is ordering takeout.
0: So Bloom, Tecna, and Musa burst into the kitchen, which is full of choking black smoke. And while they stare in horror at what they've done, because I guess they don't know what to do in case of a kitchen fire, Griselda steps out from the smoke menacingly and berates them for letting dinner burn. And as she's in the middle of starting to give them a lecture, Flora bursts through the door, trips on her sandals, because they're platforms, and drops the fire extinguisher, which makes it go off. And Griselda gets a face full of foam.
1: Also, fun fact, uh, that's probably CO2 foam. Uh, Griselda should be, like, frozen by now. Like, that stuff is cold. Minor
0: frostbite.
1: (laughs) And, um... Bloom just turns to the camera and goes, bread and cheese okay for you guys? And it's like, sure, but what about the other 500 students?
0: So the girls stumble into their dorm after presumably just putting out, like, crackers for everyone. They, they make
1: a charcuterie board for the whole school.
0: They make a we-got-food-at-the-house meal. So, like, a hot dog and a regular piece of bread folded in half with a craft single... Like, a handful of mostly crumb potato chips,
1: and Kool-Aid, but they forgot
0: to put sugar in it.
1: They made taco in a bag. Uh,
0: Flora basically passes out as soon as she hits the bed, so she fell asleep fully clothed.
1: She's out like a light.
0: And while Flora slips into a coma, (laughs) the other three girls walk out of Flora and Bloom's room and start talking about dating as a concept. (laughs) <laughs> Musa says she wants to go out with or without a man. Bloom says it would be nice if they got asked out, and she's probably specifically thinking about Brandon. And Techna says that she is not programmed to date.
1: Beep boop, beep boop, air roar, need upgrade for love. So I forget
0: if it's the four kids thing, a Cineloom thing, or what, but there was an attempt early on to date or otherwise imply that techna is some form of cyborg. So here's here's something I'd like to say. I'm not part of these communities, but it still makes me feel some type of way whenever the logic character is characterized as like this aromantic, asexual, romance is a waste of time kind of character. Because it implies that like, you know, the only way you could be that way is if you are basically a robot. And it also implies that people who are basically robots don't like to get freaky. I've seen the Ponfar episode. Oh, poor Timmy. He never stood a chance.
1: You know, I never noticed it, but it is a lot in the lot of children's shows that the ones who are more, as you said, logic-based and smart are the ones who are just like, no dates. No thank you. I have homework. You can have homework and still get some smooches. It's pretty easy.
0: Mm, I think I'm being too mean to you lately, so I'm not going to say that. I, <laughs> I've been listening to the back recordings. I'm really mean to you unnecessarily. And for people who don't get our relationship, I just sound like an asshole. <laughs> a-
1: and then Techna just goes, Good night, girls. I'm switching myself into off mode now. And I'm like, are you a robot? do you think techno prefers sleep mode or hibernate hibernate because then you power off but you retain all the information from your last active session um in the four kids version um musa doesn't say hey i want to go out with or without a guy musa's annoyed that riven didn't ask her out
0: and it's like you've known
1: you've known this jerk for two days
0: He's been aggressively unpleasant at you. Why do you want to be around him?
1: And then Techno replies, I've read that some boys will act rude simply because they are crushing. And that's called negging, and we do not appreciate that in this house.
0: I do love that her actress delivers that in the way you can hear the air quotes.
1: <laughs> yeah. We cut to the next day. And
0: uh, the next day, Bloom and Flora are woken up by just the most horrible crashing and banging noises. And
1: And in the four kids version, screaming is added. Like, just anger screaming.
0: And Bloom takes a second to wake up before she realizes that's coming from Stella's room. And so Takuna and Yusa got woken up too. And all four girls go to investigate. And, like, Bloom knocks on the door. And Stella opens it. And she's acting weird
1: and Stella is everything okay? yeah bye like, yeah.
0: yeah Stella's being all weird dismissive and kind of hostile and when she's like look nothing happened last night it was an okay day bye and slams the door in their face Musa goes to fight her
1: <laughs> she's straight up but a square up and it's like no Musa she'll buy your family
0: If I had to physically fight any of the Winx girls, it wouldn't be Musa. Uh, After they decide to leave Stella to whatever weird fit she's having, we go to Professor Wizgiz's class,
1: and everyone's heads are pumpkins. Oh god. (laughs) Everyone's preparing for Halloween. Everyone's
0: getting in the spirit of the season, and Wizgiz tells them the incantation to turn back ...from not being pumpkin heads. And then there's one girl who gets stuck as a pumpkin head.
1: Congratulations, Katie! The pumpkin has chosen you! Hope you enjoy the rest of your gourd-headed life!
0: And she start- Katie starts freaking out that her head is now a pumpkin. Uh, Wiz Giz goes, don't worry, I can fix this. And he pulls a mouse out of his pocket and shoves it in her face. Now in the Cinnaloom tub, it makes mouse squeak noises. In the four kids dub, it's a lion roar sound effect, <laughs> and uh she screams and changes back and Wizgiz thanks the mouse for his help. The mouse lets his open name his is Phil. the mouse lets open his mouth and has a trucker voice. This killed me. <laughs> I was eating lunch, and Brian. I almost did a spit take gross mm. uh it's. It's great because they keep that joke. Well, actually, I don't know if that joke was in the original Italian. But they make the same joke in the Four Kids dub where it's got a disturbingly deep voice.
1: Except that in the Four Kids version, instead of the mouse being named Phil, uh, the mouse is his grandpa who is currently cursed to live as a mouse. And Professor Wizgiz sends his grandpa off with, Goodbye, gramps. We'll find a cure for you soon.
0: And both... Uh, they did keep the mouse's line the same in the version, which is "pleasure doing business with you, Wizzy," or something like that. Wizgiz then says that everybody can leave, but tells them get su- excited for next time. We're doing our first full body transfiguration and turning ourselves into bugs,
1: and the girls are grossed out by it. Um, in in four kids, Wizgiz says they're doing their first full body transformation. Into slugs.
0: I do think it would be easier to start out with a simpler life form.
1: It's just a foot with eyes.
0: Okay, class. Next time we're doing our first full body transformation into giant amoebas. Ah! Professor Judy's undergoing mitosis. (laughs) And then they get a good Judy and an evil Judy and they have to figure out how to put them back together.
1: (laughs) Or she just has a twin now named Jody.
0: Or, no, one it they're they're both Judy, but one is J-U-D-Y, and the other is (laughs) T-J-O-O-D-I.
1: She only only communicates with interpretive dance.
0: (laughs) So as the girls file out, Yusa says that Stella was apparently supposed to be in this class, and it's weird that she wasn't. Tecna says, I don't know, maybe something happened to her on her date that she doesn't want us to know about. Think about that line. Oh. <laughs> That's very, um, like, this is a show for children, but any adult who hears that line is going to be horrified. But thankfully, uh, they don't go anywhere near those implications. And Bloom just says she's going to try to talk to Stella again. So heads back to the dorm room in order to talk to Stella about how weird she's being
1: the date was fishy, she's acting weird, it's...
0: We went over this! Of course the date was fishy! She went to the Black Lagoon! (laughs) Bloom goes to their dorm, and she... The the entire suite's just been ransacked. It looks like a tornado ripped through the place. And Bloom... It looks
1: like they were robbed. Yeah. Yeah. She starts
0: searching the rooms There's nothing in Stella's room There's nothing in her and Flora's room So she goes into Techna News' room And uh, this is our first time seeing it And we do not see Tecna's recharging station Yet Because I don't think she, she it, has an It's actual... wireless <laughs> She has an endothermic coil
1: she, she lays down on her bed And her bed starts glowing To show that it's working
0: she lays down on her bed. She dings and her eyes start glowing. <laughs> Estimated time until full charge. Eight hours. Good night. And then the next morning when she wakes up, her mouth opens and- Good morning, user. Outside it is <laughs> 72 degrees. Today's high will be 90 Uh, The room looks empty and then Stella shuts the door from behind it in a total horror movie move. And when Bloom, like, (laughs) and uh, Bloom starts confronting her about why she's been so weird. And then Stella starts getting very insistent about getting her ring. And she accuses Bloom of stealing it, which is weird because she gave it to Bloom.
1: (laughs) And Bloom's like, something's not right. I have it what are you on about? And then Stella just like, almost hits her with a chair.
0: Yeah, Stella picks up a chair and throws it where it presumably breaks.
1: And I'm just like, if this Stella was nice or at the least normal, she would have gotten the ring back, no questions asked.
0: Because something is very clearly up with this situation.
1: This isn't Stella. (laughs) This just straight up isn't Stella.
0: And when Bloom won't give Stella the ring because she wants to know what's going on first, Stella just screams, attacks her with magic, (laughs) and then basically jumps out the window. Bloom gets the other winks, and they all start talking about what is up with Stella. When Musa wonders why Stella would be searching for the ring after giving it to Bloom, Flora says, well, maybe she's, like, delirious or something? I don't know. And then Musa pulls up the note from Sky and says, well, we do have a person of interest. Let's go ask him.
1: And we get our first lingering shot of Red Fountain.
0: It looks like a sandcastle. It is sandy tan and orange with dark gold trim and blue windows. I don't know why they decided that this is what Red Fountain refers to. I would at least- Red ex-
1: Fountain. Tan.
0: I would at least expect the castle's bricks to be red. In the courtyard of Red Fountain where we see like a bunch of boys training and doing hashtag just manly things, Skye says he has no idea what the girls are talking about. He And been- he
1: hasn't seen Stella.
0: Yeah, he hasn't seen Stella in a few days. He never even sent her a note. And when they show it to him, he says it's not even his handwriting.
1: And then Riven comes in, says something rude, and then leaves. That's all we're going to say.
0: Uh, Sky's dog starts harassing Techna, and he can't call her off. But Brandon gets the dog to stop, and she just kind of trots right over and slips at his feet.
1: Yeah, Sky just says that. Uh... Lady, which is the dog's name, has been around Brandon so much that he's said that she stopped listening to him. Bloom um, and
0: Brandon start flirting, but it gets cut short by Buff McStrongman, this absolute <laughs> he-man character, who peeks over the balcony and says that the boys are late to train with some dragons. And then Brandon reveals that that is Professor Coda Torta. So mark down. One (parentheses numerical one) red fountain professor.
1: Um, in the four kids uh, version, this is the minor change here. Um, with Techna being afraid of Sky's dog, I believe Sky says, "I guess they don't have animals where you come from," and t- our entire planet is powered by squirrels on hamster wheels. You shut your mouth.
0: That's right, kids. Wait for season seven. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Techna probably had a pet Roomba.
1: She taped a knife to it.
0: <laughs> no, it's this is a technology planet. It's a taser <laughs> Get him sparky
1: <laughs> that I'm naming my room by that.
0: Sky asks the girls to keep him updated on the Stella situation, and that if they need his help, he's ready whenever they need it. And so, without <laughs> any real leads, they just decide to go into magics. Which the uh Bloom suggests it, I
1: think, is it Bloom or was it? I think it was Bloom. It was probably Bloom. She has main character powers and also a good decision potion. Maybe that's still a thing.
0: The others are confused why she would start looking in magics and girls. It's the last major metropolitan area she was sighted in. It's better than nothing.
1: Ugh, God, that's like.
0: Welcome to Magic Wings Clubhouse, where we make Bus. Analogies, so I'm eager to see what you come up with. I mean, we spent <laughs> half of episode three on a Labor Day debate, <laughs> so...
1: Hey guys, Editor Tess here. Just uh, letting you know that there was an entire, like, two or three minutes of us trying to think of a good analogy. I decided to cut it. Because it was two or three minutes. And went... Absolutely nowhere. Why would you not search the nearest major metropolitan area? Especially since it anyway. turns out the Black Lagoon
0: is not actually a lagoon. It's some kind of restaurant?
1: The Black Lagoon Cafe. Also, here's my- Why would Stella think the Black Lagoon seemed like a good place? It sounds like a dive bar with amazing burgers and awful clientele.
0: A real wretched hive of scum and villainy. It's
1: a garage of dust and misdemeanors. Yeah.
0: Techna looks up the Black Lagoon on Magic Google Maps and doesn't Wait, get any- she has that? <laughs> yeah, apparently she does. She makes God. a hologram projection of all of magics and like a little ping goes out and she doesn't get anything.
1: She couldn't use that last episode when trying to escape the black mud swamp. I made that
0: joke. I mean, not if it's not charted. True. There has to be a map first.
1: Alright, so Tecna's like, well, it's not on the map. I guess the place doesn't exist. And Bloom's like, I have a search engine of my own. It's called and it's, really easy to- it's really easy to use, and I think you guys can use it too. Excuse me, sir, have you heard of the Black Lagoon Cafe?
0: Yep, that's right, folks. Bloom's genius search engine is asking people. <laughs> And also sounding like she's advertising the Black Lagoon Cafe when she asks if people have heard of it. But they get- uh, This starts off a searching (laughs) montage. And we see some amazing ancillary character designs.
1: Oh god, they all look like they're from different series. They do.
0: There's like an old lady with a dog. There's another student from Alfea. There's like a random guy. And then there's a man who looks like he walked off the set of james cameron's avatar
1: in Cinnaloom, there it's just a montage with music in the background and four kids they're all saying no i haven't heard of that no i'm sorry and then one guy says well there is a black eyed pea but that's a lagoon and not a lagoon and i'm like i like that
0: the girls like talk to a bunch of people presumably and we end the montage with everybody like collapsing on a street corner complaining that they're never gonna find her
1: and- well, gastella has gone forever. So while they're catching their breath, they're all like, Alright, Bloom, we learned exactly what Techno's magic GPS said three hours ago. This is pointless. We should go back to Althea. She's probably there. Bloom's like, No, I know she's here. Something, something. I took my stupid potion.
0: I'm the main character. I is- know what I'm
1: talking about. And then Flora just goes, Guys... Arguing isn't gonna get us anywhere.
0: Oh, now the hippie's preaching to us.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, now the talking plant is preaching to us.
0: Uh, the girls are in mid-argument, and in the Cinnaloom dub, Tecna is animated as yelling. Her voice actress does not yell the line. Bloom is animated as yelling. Her voice actress does not yell the line.
1: Flora is not animated as yelling. Flora screams the line. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: Uh, there's better voice direction than that at least Uh, the girls are then approached by a man who looks like Toad from X-Men
1: God doesn't he? He looks like
0: a tall Toad Toad uh, gives them directions to the Black Lagoon so he points to like gesture to where they need to go and they all turn to look in that direction and when they turn around to look at him he's gone
1: I, and, um, and Flora's like, well, he, he was dressed like a hipster. Maybe that's just what they do. Hipster meant
0: something completely different in 2004. I didn't see a man bun. <laughs> I didn't see a scarf. I didn't see
1: a hilariously out of date piece of technology that he's pretending to listen to. I didn't see a waxed mustache. I don't think that guy can grow facial hair.
0: No, probably not. So the girls follow Toad's directions and they end up. Presumably a bit outside of the city at like this cute little lakeside cafe. And
1: Tecna and- <laughs>
0: gets really confused that she couldn't find this place on her GPS.
1: And Muta says, well, I guess your program wasn't working now, was it? And then Tecna literally goes, my program works fine. This place is just dumb.
0: And when everybody's like, oh, Tecna, Flora goes, actually, I think she's right. She walks up to this, like, big oak tree that's by the restaurant, and she goes, this this doesn't feel like a tree should. It feels like it's this not really here.
1: Incorrect. And then a butterfly comes out of nowhere, presumably sitting on what the tree is hiding. Either way, it
0: flies through the tree. Just out of screen so none of the girls can see it.
1: Also, and... As they get closer to the uh adorable cottage, it's suddenly surrounded by green fog. Flora points out that it it's almost like the tree's an illusion. Who do we know that does illusions? I don't know. Uh, there's no way to know.
0: <laughs> the toad man speaks from inside and says, "We've been waiting," and music goes, "Ah, <laughs> crap, this is a trap, isn't it?"
1: But- Who's, who said in the four kids dub there's a change in the reality pressure?
0: Um, Tecna. It's Tecna of who says that. Tecna.
1: I just wanted to bring that up. It's a dumb line. Great, but a dumb line.
0: Didn't you say that's what you're going to say when you start dissociating?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so if you ever hear me say, um, hey, Bren, uh, n- don't mean to bother you, but there is a change in my reality pressure. Uh, just give me a bar of chocolate and, um, some cute girls to look at, okay?
0: I found out that dissociation increases my productivity at work.
1: Ooh. <laughs> That's rough. Okay.
0: So, music goes, uh, hell, this is a trap. And Bloom, and Bloom <laughs> says it's, it's too late to turn back but in the four kids stuff,
1: it's her it's her gut, bus mother busking bull bus good decision potion because you can't have a gut feeling me right
0: yeah it's not like that's what the entire last episode was about was listening to your gut feelings
1: you're the main character the camera's following you you're gonna be fine
0: they walk into the restaurant it looks like it hasn't been open since like 1968 it's totally trashed toad man <laughs> scurries up the stairs and the door of course shuts and bars itself behind them so they're trapped and Stella steps <laughs> out of the shadows and says she's here to take back what's hers she backflips into the air and starts blasting the girls with magic. Purple magic.
1: Which is... It's like... Girls, please. I know this is a children's show, but put the, put the pieces together. It's a four-piece puzzle. And three of them are the tricks.
0: <laughs> the fourth is Eric Raymond. <laughs> so Bloom and Flora hide behind an old support beam. And Tecna and Musa behind a table. And... When I first heard, our cover won't last long, I thought that was going to be a line from, like, Musa or Techna because the everybody sounds sort of similar in Cineloom when you're not looking at the screen. But no, that was Flora talking about her and Bloom's support beam. Wouldn't the table be more easily destroyed? Second, if they destroy that support beam... Doesn't that make that part of the building structurally
1: unsound?
0: I mean, sure, this place looks like it's a strong breeze away from
1: blowing over anyway, but... Everyone's gonna die. <laughs> Even the people who planned this stupid plan.
0: Tecna goes, don't worry, I'll take care of this. And we get a Tecna transformation. Uh, so this actually makes Tecna the third character to get a solo
1: transformation? uh as of right now yes also i want
0: to point out the four kids dub does not use the same transformation music it doesn't use the we girls are the Winx theme it uses a pseudo instrumental version of like the we are the Winx theme and techna gets like special bleepy bloopy tech noises in her transformation so techna throws up a shield and she doesn't call it a firewall in Cinaloom, but she does in Four Kids. Gri- They're keeping that. Uh, hustles over to Flora and Bloom, grabs them, takes them to the table. Music goes to fight back. And <laughs> Flora goes, no, 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 we can't hurt Stella.
1: And at this point, um, music goes in Four Kids, friend or not, she's going to get mused.
0: Flora reacts with appropriate confusion of what the hell does that mean?
1: Uh, Is she going to be inspired to make a work of art?
0: The work of art is the can of (sighs) whoop- She's about to open. (laughs) Uh, Flora says we can't hurt Stella, and then Bloom goes, No, wait, it can't be Stella. And this says something completely wrong. Bloom says Um, Stella doesn't have powers without her ring, which is wrong.
1: This is not correct.
0: But Okay.
1: This is inaccurate. But this
0: causes "uh Stella, quote unquote Stella, to drop the act. She floats down to the ground, throws up a purple smoke bomb, and it's... Darcy! Darcy! Now, here's where I want to talk about the scene that was added way earlier in the four kids' death. This is like after Stella leaves to go on her date, I think, or just before it. So we cut to footage of Cloud Tower from a completely different episode (laughs) with the tricks in civilian mode, where Icy talks about how this is their evil plan. They're going to trick Stella into coming to someplace alone. They're going to have Darcy pretend to be Stella, and then they're going to steal the ring.
1: (gasps) It sounds ridiculous. It sounds like we're literally telling you what the plot is. But that's what they say.
0: They literally blow the lid off of the entire plot right at the start of the episode because they think children won't get it. And they think, and they might think that's actually Stella being mean. The behavior is so out of character, even for five episodes in, that kids would know something is going on. And it adds to the suspense to find out when the characters do- But no, we can't have that in four kids.
1: Kids are gonna shut the episode off halfway through because Stella's being mean and I don't like this show anymore. What? Come on, guys. This
0: feels like a. This feels like the kind of uh, decision that got handed down from, like, the producers who said, no, we have to put this here.
1: And the best thing is, now we'll have to look to see what episode they take that from. I think it might have been taken from, like, what, episode two?
0: I don't think so, because I don't remember that hallway shot. I'm pretty sure if we looked on the Winx wiki, it would tell us exactly what episode that footage is from.
1: Do you want to check real quick, or do we not care right now? Uh, One sec.
0: Nope, doesn't say anything about it. So it's All all I can tell is it's footage from a different episode.
1: After Darcy drops her disguise, the other tricks beam in. And when I say beam in, they literally beam in. It's so cool looking.
0: Yeah, these two spotlights in their signature colors come down from the ceiling. And then they just, like, Star Trek beam down.
1: And then um, the Toad Man runs up. And begs to be changed back.
0: And Darcy goes, of course. Takes off the illusion spell. And it turns out that Toad is actually...
1: not.
0: I do want to mention, in the four kids' tub, there's there's a really good small touch. When Bloom realizes that it's not Stella and she yells at Darcy, she goes, <laughs> who are you? No, she goes, which one are you? Icy or Darcy? It doesn't even cross her mind that Stormy could do this. (laughs) Stormy has too short of a temper. She would have just blown everyone up and left.
1: I mean, that would have worked. It would have.
0: Icy points to the ceiling and and, uh, reveals that they have Stella held captive.
1: Has she been up there the entire time?
0: And in another weird animation error, Stella's in her regular civilian outfit and not her date outfit.
1: Is it an animation error if it's consistent?
0: I guess at that point it's a storyboarding error. Bloom, who has no deduction skills, asks what the Trix want. Stormy, of all of them, goes, It's pretty f***ing obvious, dummy. We want the goddamn ring. (laughs) <laughs> because Stormy does curse like a sailor in my mind and apparently if the tricks don't get the ring Stella's being held in gravity discs and Icy says that they are getting smaller and smaller and if they don't get the ring in time Stella is going to be crushed to death and the tricks are now attempting murder for the fifth time in a row
1: In the four kids dub, because the four kids is obsessed with all things gross and disgusting, she'll be popped like a big fat zit, splattered all over the wall. And I'm like, can you not?
0: Stella looks about five seconds away from being cut into pineapple rings. Oh, wait, did we forget the... Oh, yeah, we did um earlier after the tricks beamed in the girl the other girl's transformed so it will now make Is it
1: really that important they don't do anything I mean Tekna looks like she's ready to ready to give a nice old kung fu action but
0: I also appreciate that it's Tekna is the one who knows kung fu because it would have been way too easy to make it Musa No instead Musa just is just going to like street fight you <laughs>
1: She'll beatbox you to death.
0: Watch out for her funky fresh raps and
1: rhymes. They were so bad earlier, they nearly killed me.
0: I did want to point out that they're transformed now because there's there's an animation error with Flora. She doesn't have the choker of her outfit, but she does have the flower pendant that goes on it, and she has her civilian mode earrings.
1: Come on, guys! and she also
0: says this is blackmail thank you for contributing to the conversation flora
1: you get a gold star for participation today when the winks get ready to throw down bloom
0: goes wait hold on they're literally going to kill stella we can't do this and so she detransforms and we get this really cool effect of her fairy form, basically burning away.
1: Like she has fire powers, you guys. Yeah, she she turns
0: orange, and there's like a burst of flames, and she's back in civilian mode. And so she walks up to icy, and in Wait, a- and by
1: the way that that <laughs> by the way that foley sounds like mm. she's a horse. She is just clomping her way up there in her wedges.
0: Bloom gives over the payment before getting the goods, which is an amateur move. But thankfully, the tricks are feeling merciful today, because they got what they wanted, and it's not late enough in the series that they hold personal grudges against the Winks. so they just kind of let Stella drop to the ground in a heap, and then they portal away with the staff. <laughs> then, outside of the ruined building, the girls are standing on this bridge over a little lake nearby, and they're all kind of stewing over the fact that they, they lost. Techna says that they could have fought, and Bloom points out that uh, Stella was literally going to die. And again, we have Techna is animated as yelling, but in this Veloom dub is not actually yelling.
1: and is also not voiced by her normal voice actor. Who are you?
0: I feel like her voice actress had left for the day and they just grabbed a random production assistant and yelled and said,
1: can you can you just yell? Oh, yeah, Bloom, who made you the boss? And I'm like, who are you?
0: Uh, Flora basically goes, Techna, I would have done the exact same thing. And Musa agrees.
1: (laughs) And in four kids, don't worry, Bloom, you made the right decision.
0: I don't even want to talk about the stupid payoff of that plot point.
1: We're going
0: to. Uh, Tech, so Techna's argument gets shot down when Flora says that she would have done the same thing Bloom did, and Musa backs her up. So Techna's basically outvoted on this one. And then uh, Bloom makes a soccer analogy and says that the trick scored a goal, but the game isn't over yet. And when everybody and, every-
1: <laughs> and everyone's like, "What are you talking about?"
0: Uh, soccer apparently doesn't exist in the magic realm. So, Bloom decides to teach the girls the great Italian tradition of football.
1: Because now is apparently the best time? I mean, the tricks might have a staff of immense power, but come on, guys, let's play some football!
0: And by football, we mean kick the can. Because Bloom finds a nearby piece of litter and kicks that can into the screen, which ends the episode. Presumably
1: breaking the camera.
0: (laughs) Which ends the episode. (laughs) <laughs> now
1: it ends on a very joyful note meanwhile in the four kids dub
0: <gasps> the four kids dub
1: remember that uh decision potion that they kept referencing the entire episode because Bloom was like i've taken a decision potion i must be making good decisions she mentions offhandedly while they're, you know, sulking on the um, bridge of sadness. You could call it
0: a bridge of sighs.
1: Uh, Bloom says that she almost forgot to put in the mandrake beat, and she's glad she didn't. And then Techno goes freaked out. It's like mandrake beat. It was supposed to be a mandrake root. And then Bloom just goes, "Wait, really? This is awesome. I'm a natural born decision maker." And so you didn't need the potion and we didn't need to peel a thousand frickin' potatoes for your ass. And
0: we basically get an everybody
1: laughs ending. I
0: think. Not quite. No, they, they keep the soccer thing, except instead of not hearing- They keep
1: a bit of the soccer thing.
0: Because Bloom says uh, I feel like Bloom mixes up sports metaphors and is like the ball's in our court now when she goes to yeah and
1: then te- <laughs> and then Techna goes that's not a ball that's a can and then Stella goes it's an expression Techna."
0: and then bloom kicks the can and the episode kicks the bucket
1: nicely done thank you <laughs> that was that was a delightful little
0: turn of phrase let's talk about our best moment worst moment and the mvp for the episode Tess, what's the best?
1: I think the best moment was showing the girls actually learning in the Transfiguration class.
0: Yeah, it is pretty nice to see a school-focused piece of media actually show the characters in school.
1: How often do you see that in Harry Potter?
0: Surprisingly Frequently?
1: often? but that's not the point.
0: <laughs> not even surprisingly often. It's a boarding school. What else are they doing?
1: How often do you see that in Power Rangers? Man. Riverdale.
0: My best was Phil the Mouse for for making me <laughs> feel something.
1: It's he's why we have something instead of nothing.
0: He brought a moment of joy to my work day. Therefore, he is the best. <laughs> uh for the worst i'm going to say the winx's deduction and perception skills this entire episode darcy Estella was being super duper shady and it's like the girls spend the entire episode circling the airport like they are so close to to like reaching the proper conclusion but they never quite get there
1: Girls, you've had permission to land for 40 minutes, please. My worst, I'm never going to remember his name, Uh, was Chef Boyardee's accent.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It's, it's a gross stereotype. I wonder if in Italian he had some form of regional accent. Like, you know how hmm. when they want to indicate a certain character archetype, in Japanese media, they, they give them like the Osaka accent. So I imagine like maybe he's speaking in I don't know, like a super Lombard or super Sicilian accent. <gasps> but that's just that's just a question that I will never have the answer to.
1: Or maybe he's French.
0: My MVP for this episode is Darcy, because even though she's a, even though she's a bad actress. She did pull off the Trix's plan.
1: <laughs> they did it. They won.
0: They have won for now. I can guarantee you they're probably not going to stay that way or otherwise the show would be really short. But for now, the Trix have, have a shining moment on top.
1: Congratulations.
0: You did it. I welcome our <laughs> Glamrock rock eyeshadow overlords. All right, Tess, did you have any el- anything else you wanted to say? Uh, Other than
1: Riven can go suck eggs now.
0: Alright, so that brings us to a conclusion for the day. You can find the show on Twitter at Magic Winks Pod. You can find me, Brendan, at Sonata Waves S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A-V-E-S
1: uh, You can find me on Twitter at Pocky Slice. That is Pocky like the delicious Japanese snack. Slice as in a slice of Pizza. Um, and if you have any emails, you can email the podcast at magicwinksclubhouse at gmail.com. That's the name of the podcast at gmail.com. No spaces.
0: We are please. now uh, as we're now available on Apple Podcasts. Uh please leave us a rating and review on there. It helps get more ears on the pod.
1: Also, we're on Google Pods. Um we meant to put that in this week or rather last time we recorded this, but then the podcast decided to go all wibbly-wobbly on us.
0: So yes, uh, we're available on our home network at Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Google Podcasts. Huzzah! Please feel free to leave us a rating and review anywhere you listen to the pod. It helps boost listener engagement, Uh, gets us a little bit higher on that chart and helps people find the show.
1: (laughs) Also, my mom is now listening. Hello, mom.
0: And, you know, with a lack of a Patreon, the best way to support the show right now is just word of mouth. Tell your friends about us. Spread it in your Winx Club's fan circle. Just, you
1: know. We'd appreciate it. And odds are, you would too.
0: If you have friends who are into a uh, TV show recap podcasts, friends who are into bad teen dramas, friends who are into
1: magical girl series, friends who are just straight up gay, just, <laughs> just really gay. Just, you know, plug the show
0: and uh, hopefully they'll give us a listen. So until next time, I'm Brendan. And I'm Tess. Meeting adjourned. Open your eyes, open your mind.
1: We are going. Also, uh, one quick thing. Um, I refound my favorite photo on the entirety of the internet. Oh, God.
0: What the f <sighs> is this? I'm going to be very. If it's a severed
1: head, I'm going to be very <laughs> upset. <laughs> it's not.